I'm going to, um, uh, Jerry and Dennis, can you guys get these? Um, um, this is the prophecy that we sang to this morning. And um, uh, I, I, I typed those up. Um, if you see any typing errors, just let me know and I can correct them. But the prophecy, you know, I've told you before, if the Lord has given you a word, write it down and, and record it. And you keep that before you. And you pray it into manifestation. You don't just sit on it and say, okay, God, I'm glad you're going to do that. You know, you pray it in. You call it in with your confession and your declaration. And in the songs this morning, we're just really in line. Thanks, Kim, with the, um, the declaration. This is my declaration. And, and I was going to talk more about the confession. We kind of left off last week with... Joshua and Caleb going into the promised land. And so now, um, that is the prophecy that we Kim wrote the song to. And so that one is important um, to, to read and call that into manifestation. Each of you individually can do that. And if you didn't get a copy of it for your own personal uh, self, please raise your hand. And there's a few more left. Is there anybody else? Okay, thanks, Dennis. Okay, now... Jerry and Dennis, <laughs> this is the prophecy that was given. This one's a little bit longer. This was given in the, in the meeting. And um, let's see, I don't have one of those in front of me. but um, This was a little bit longer as I typed this one out. Again, there's some things in there. As, a, as the church, we need to call them in. We need to pray them in. Amen? It's, it's our job to do that. Now, I will have to say, I will have to say that um, some of those things are already, um, I mean, a lot of those things are things I've known for a long time and just continue to stand. That, that's why there was a word given to me several years ago that I've been holding the enemy at bay in this area so that God can come in and do what he wants to do in this area. He's wanted to do something here for a long time, and he has tried, and the churches have come and they've gone, and they've come and they've gone, and they've come and they've gone. And Dick and I would see that happening to the churches. I'll take one, Jerry. Uh, see, yeah, okay, thanks. Um, we would see that happening. You know, there was one summer, this was before my husband passed, there was one summer where there was, where there was no full gospel pastors in this town except Dick and I, none of them. And then there was another summer where there was 50 pastors gone out of this town. And so the enemy does not want what God wants to do here. And so it's our job as the believers to stand against his schemes and tactics and call in what he wants. He wants something. He wants, he's got a big thing he's going to do here. He's got a big thing. And I, I, I know parts of it. You heard a little bit of it um, when Nathan was here. And that's in this word here that you just got the last one about the, the shooting out in the triangle. And I talked about that last week. And, and I'm already seeing, I'm already seeing what the Lord wants to do with that. Um, and and I'll, I'll have to see if I'm supposed to start it. There's some other things that are he's wanting to start, and um, we'll just have to see how it unfolds. Um, we have been, and I say we because I've had several of the guys in the church, uh, I've been talking to them about building on here or over there. I, I believe, but I'm willing to be corrected, I believe our next phase is this way.
and then there's a phase that will go this way a little bit, and then this phase. But um, I'm willing to be corrected. If God's doing something in a hurry, we may have to go this way. But right now, this is not available to purchase, but we've been praying and walking that ground over there and believing God. And, you know, where every every place your soul treads, that's yours, you know. And so Dick and I, years ago, we walked this area. We walked this area, this whole area. And then we finally got this building. They were asking 50-some thousand. We finally got it for 25. And so um, so God, God's got something he wants to do here. Now, I'm, I'm willing to adjust and change and correct. And so I would just... I would just be asking you to pray about what God wants to do building-wise. And uh, there are more chairs coming. December 3rd is the last date I got from them. And so there are more chairs coming, 25 more chairs um, to set up in here. <laughs> I'm not sure where that's going to be, but we may be a little crowded up front. But but anyway, they're they're on their way. So so I just wanted to encourage you now, and, and I would read through this prophecy and um, pray for areas that you see that there's a need to pray for for the church and bringing those things into manifestation. Amen? Amen. Um, so I would have to say this has been a very busy week for me as well. You know, increase, been very busy. It's not necessarily been quiet, but there are some weeks where they're more, it's more busy than others, and so I'm just going to leave it at that. It could have been just one of those busy weeks. But just a, a lot of activity um, dealing with individuals. And um, one person that, that I ministered to is not from this area, but in Iowa. And um, no church to go to. No church. She has no church. I encourage her. She, she's welcome here. But she has no church that's a full gospel that believes what we do and what we are doing here. And um, she was... She was encouraged and blessed, and I encourage you to come when she can. Um, you know, but it's it's a, probably a drive like what Ron has, and she might have to come by herself. But we'll we'll see. Anyway, there's just needs out there. There's needs for out there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit, whether we get through all of it or not. But I want to talk about confession. And um, if you want to go back to numbers, I don't think it it hurts one bit to go over this area. And the thing that I didn't get into last week so much was we, we talked about um, Joshua and Caleb and how they were fearless. They were ready to go take the land because God had given them the promise. He promised them that land. Amen? So so numbers, we're going to start with numbers uh, 12 or 13, excuse me, numbers 13. And I'm going to bits and pieces uh, read through this. Again, we did read it last week, but I want to read through it again. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel, and you shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. So they sent out these spies, and then they were able to see. Let's go back. Let's go over here to verse 25. And so they're returning after they spied out the land. And they were returning. When they returned from spying out the land... At the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word in them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. 
So do you remember reading that the grapes were so big they had to carry them on big poles? It was just a bountiful land. Amen. Verse 27, thus they told him and said, we went, in the, we went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Verse um, 28, nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large, and moreover, we, we saw the descendants of Anak. Now, the descendants of Anak, I'm going too fast, I'm sorry. The descendants of the Anak were the giants. They were the giants. And so they saw those descendants, and they looked like, to them, they, to them, they felt like they were grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants. And so how many times have you been in a circumstance where you felt like you were this big? The circumstance was overwhelming you, whether it was healing in your body or whether it was a need for finances, whatever it was, it looked like it was overwhelming you. It was going to cover you up and it was going to bury you, and that was the end. Have you been in that kind of a situation before? Yeah, that's where you're looking at the giants and you're not looking at God. Because God said he would meet every need, correct? God said he promised he would take care of you. God said he promised he would never leave you or forsake you. God said he would meet your needs, amen? He said he'd meet your needs. Now, if you don't believe that, then don't expect them to be met. <laughs> Whoa. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, if you don't believe that, don't expect it to happen. Because what's going to be happening is the wrong thing is going to come out of your mouth. You're going to say, you know, I told you last week that we lived, Dick and I lived, um, I don't know how many months, but, but we had just $300 come in for income. But then we'd have, we'd have an a envelope full of $100 in our mailbox. And so God does meet your needs. You know, he does meet your needs. He does meet your needs. But you can have a need, and you can have a need that, say, I, um, you, yeah, God meets all my needs. I'm confessing that God meets all my needs. And then you go over here and say, how am I ever going to pay that bill? What happens? What was this one? Yeah, it was doubt and unbelief, right? Over here, but see, what happens, you're not really speaking it out in faith. You know what the Word says, but you've got to get yourself built up to a place where by his, um, well, we can talk about healing too, but, but he'll meet all the needs I have in Christ Jesus. He meets all your needs. Over here, what am I going to do? I, I got to go get, I know, I'm going to go borrow the money from my mom. You know what I mean? So, so those things like that, you, you confess one and then you confess the other. This one's in faith and this one's in doubt and unbelief. This one's in faith, this is in doubt and unbelief. And so this is the one that has to be kicked out of the way. Now, you can confess over here. You can keep saying, by, well, I'm, I'm wanting to talk about healing. Does somebody need to know about that? By his stripes, I am healed. You can confess that by his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. You know, there's different ways you can confess a scripture verse. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. I am healed. There's different ways you can confess that. And you do that, you do that, but then you have to go over here and you can't say anything contrary to life over here because you nullify what God, what you've said over here. Does that make sense? You bring it to naught. It doesn't do any good. There's nothing happening, okay? Okay, and there's just a lot of places where you can do that. Every promise that he has given you, every promise that, that you, you can stand on those promises, but you have to possess them, and you possess them by confessing. 
That's one way you can do it. By confessing the word of God, you possess the promise that God has given you by confessing it. By confessing it. By confessing. If you mess up, if you miss, and you get over here in this area and you say the wrong thing, and you catch yourself, I'll I'll tell you there's an area I'm working on right now. And I'm amazed that it's been there that long. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. But if you go over here and you confess the wrong thing, what do you do? What should you do? Father, I'm sorry. I repent for speaking out the wrong thing. I break the power of the demonic influences and want to take my words and run with them. I break their power and their influence. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. And then you speak out the right thing. You speak out the right thing. You speak out the right thing. See, the enemy is waiting to hear what you've got to say. If you say something in line with the word, the angels are going to hearken and move with that. Boy, I'm going fast. If you say something, if you say something that's in line with the enemy, who's going to hearken to those words? The devil. He's going to get on those words. You know what? He, both of them will bring them to pass. The angels will go and bring it to pass. The enemy goes and brings it to pass too. Amen? Amen. That's right. The thing that I've been, I've caught myself, and I'm not sure when this started, but I, 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 and the Lord's just made it real clear to me. So now I hear it. You know what I mean? You, there's things we say and we don't hear them, but now I'm hearing it. So I'm correcting it every time. I, I would say, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe some of you say that. I don't know. But you know what? I do know. I do know. God's given me all kinds of wisdom and knowledge and instruction and everything. I do know. So I've been stopping saying I don't know. You know what that does when I say I don't know? It's a wall there, and I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know, you know? But if, I, if I, I stop that and I correct it, I repent, and then I, and I say something like, well, you, Father, I ask you for wisdom because you have instructed me. I do have the mind of Christ, and I do know. You give me the Holy Spirit, and he leads me and guides me into all truth. Amen? So I do know. I do know. So I've been working on correcting that because it's really important that you have ears to hear and when you hear those things, correct them because it's not going to bring fruit in your life. And what it's going to do, it's going to order your steps and cause your steps to go the wrong way. The words you speak, it's like laying the stepping stones down. So if you speak words contrary to life and to health and contrary to blessing, those are the steps you're going to step on. You see what I mean? Your words, your words, like Dick used to say, they're containers. Your words are containers, and they will produce something. They'll produce something in your life. And so you can lay those, you can speak out the right words, and they'll, and they will, you'll step on those right words. Or you can speak out the wrong words, and that will be your path you take. Amen? Amen. Okay. So that's always encouraging when you know that when you're speaking wrong, the enemy's going to bring it into manifestation for you, okay? So we look at um, Caleb and, and um, Joshua in verse, um, jump down to 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. That was his confession. Now, if he hadn't have said that, he would have been in the bondage as well with everybody else, you know. But he said, No, we, we can do it. We're, we're going to overtake it, you know. And that's what we need. That's the mentality we need in this church. That's the mentality we need here. We are more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in us and he that's in this world. We can take this land for the Lord. You know, and I, I was telling you that, you know, um, when I was telling you that there was so many churches that were without 
pastors or full gospel pastors, all of them were gone. Dick and I learned, we learned, we could, we could sense the rejection coming. We knew it was coming to hit pastors. We could sense different things in the spirit realm coming to attack because we, we would feel the attack as well. But we knew what it was. It wasn't me and it wasn't Dick. It was a demonic influence that was trying to make us feel rejected or unaccepted or people were talking about us or this or that. And so we were able to make a stand against the schemes and tactics of this enemy. And been, we've been plowing and standing, plowing and standing against the schemes and tactics of the enemy. So that God wants something here, and I'm for that, and he knows we're all for that to happen. Amen? Okay, so, so um, for we shall surely overcome it. We are going to overcome. We are overcomers, but most of the time we don't, <laughs> we don't think it or speak it or act like we're overcomers. We, we're, we're real quick to go into the ditch. I mean, really, we're real quick to go in the ditch. Okay, verse 31. But the men who had gone with him said, Oh, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong, too strong for us. So if you're around somebody that's negative and they, they start talking negative about a situation, what are you going to be thinking? Are you going to think negative along with them? No, no. But that happens sometimes. I, I Years ago I had, and she's gone home to be with the Lord, but I had a friend that uh, I spent time with, and, and, and she was very negative. Finally the Lord said, um, step back, step back away from the relationship for a little bit. And so I did. And he said, till you are strong enough that you can counteract the negative. Otherwise, I started talking negative. I started talking negative about people, and I knew that wasn't God. That wasn't right, and it wasn't good, and I had to repent, so I had to get myself strong enough so the next time I came into the relationship with her, and you can look at this in any kind of a relationship. If you've got friends and they want you to go drink, (laughs) you're going to end up joining them. You are. If you've got friends and they want you to uh, watch a wrong kind of a movie, you're going to end up doing it unless you've got a backbone that says, uh-uh, I'm not doing that kind of stuff, and you walk away from it. You're, you'll end up doing it. Yeah, that's right, because we get around people, and we're afraid of what they think. But you know what? We should be more afraid of what God thinks about us than what people think. Amen? So anyway, we were, we were Dick and I were able to um, stand against the schemes and tactics and the wiles of the enemy, and we stood, and we've stood, and we've stood, and we've stood, and believed God for years for the manifestation of all you guys. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> you're a, you're a um, result of prayer and intercession. Okay, so um, back over here, verse 32. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. Well, who wants to go there then? I mean, it, it was an evil report that got, and they started receiving and believing the evil report. And that's what happens when you spend time with people to have an evil report, to have a wrong report, a bad report, or they get in agreement with your sadness and your self-pity. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, okay. Verse 33 there also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, were are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. 
And so we were in their sight. Okay? And so then we're going to go on in, into verse, uh, chapter 14. And uh, I have I have place we're going here. Um, okay, verse 3. And why is the Lord bringing us into this land? To fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And so, so they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return. Verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. They were really upset and frustrated. Verse 7, And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Remember one of the main things that Nathan kept ministering when he was here was obedience obedience, obedience, obedience. And that was part of the reason I believe the Lord wanted uh, everybody to come forward that wanted was hungry after the things of God. He wants you to be obedient and hunger after. Amen? Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. See, and I, I might have mentioned this last week, but see, the demonic influences. Their power, they have no power, only what we give them. They have been stripped of their power. Jesus did that when he died on the cross. The demons have no power, only what you give them. And you give them power by the way you speak, by the way they, they see how you act. But, but you, become fear, you become fearful, and you give them power in Jesus' name. You give them power. Amen? And so that's what we really have to watch our mouth and watch what we say and make sure that it lines up with the word of God, lines up with what God says. And if it lines up with what God says and we walk in that, then we're going to have victory. We're going to have blessing. We're going to have all our needs met and we're going to be healed. Amen. If you are dealing with sickness and disease. Um, Okay. And let's see. um, Do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent, meeting to all the sons of Israel. Verse 11, And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? And I talked about that last week. And then so then um, Moses goes into a place of intercession, if you go on and read that. There, he's, he's, he's interceding for them. So finally, the Lord said, let's look over here at verse, um, verse 22. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice, shall by no means see the Lamb which I swore to their fathers, and nor shall any of those who spurn me see it. But my servant Caleb because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Okay? And so his descendants were going to be able to take possession. Now, I want to have you turn over to Joshua, please. Joshua 14. Joshua 14. I want you to see a little bit about Caleb. Joshua 14, verse uh, 6, please. 
Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. That was the word that, you know, they were the only two that were going to be able to go into the promised land. Okay? Verse 7, I was 40 years old. Caleb's talking here. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord, my God, fully. He followed the Lord fully. That's a, that's a key. It's important that you follow the Lord fully. You can't have, um, you can't have, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a good person and go to church on Sunday, but come Monday or Friday night, <laughs> look out. That's not following the Lord fully, is it? No. No, that's not following fully. And do you know, you may get by with something mom and dad may not know, or your cousin may not know, or your your grandma and grandpa may not know, but you, who knows? Who knows what you did wrong? God knows. He knows exactly everything you're doing. He knows what you're thinking. <laughs> now that's a little much. That's a little much. Even when he knows what you're thinking, he knows what you're thinking. That's why it's important to repent of wrong thinking, wrong thoughts. Amen. Okay. I better go back over here where I was. So, um... Um, so Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. And now, behold, the Lord has let me live, just as he spoke. So, see, the Lord let him and Joshua live. And he goes on, These 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke his word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I am 85 years old today. He was 85 when he went in to take the promised land. Verse 11, I am still as strong today, even though he spent 40 years walking in the wilderness. He says, I'm still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me, as my strength was then. So my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. He was aggressive. He was after the things of God. But you know what? He was 85 years old, and it didn't even look like he was 40. I mean, it looked like he was still 40. Amen? Amen. God has a way of taking care of you when you are fully following him. Amen? He has a, he has a way of taking care of you. He has a way of keeping your body strong when you're fully following him. When you're fully following him, see, he's got, he needs everybody that's fully following him. He needs you. He needs you to serve him. He needs you to do what he's calling you to do to get his plan to manifest here on this earth. He needs you. He needs somebody that's fully following him. That's a tongue twister, isn't it? He needs somebody that is fully following him. Fully. Fully following. Not a heart. Not, no, no missteps anywhere, but fully following him. That's why now, you know, I, I just didn't, I sat, stood here struggling. Lord, what do you want to do with this? I mean, I heard it before I ever came to have people come forward that were that were wanting more of God. And I can understand because He wants you to fully follow Him and what you call He's called you to do. Fully follow Him. And see, my job is to encourage you to do that. My job is to help you get where you're supposed to be. That's my job. 
That's my job. Okay, so um, I don't think we're quite done. Verse 12. So anyway, he wanted to go up and take that. Um, Verse 12. Now then give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim went there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me. Now that word, that bothered me when I saw the word perhaps. It lends itself to doubt. Doubt. But if you look at several translations, it it doesn't lend itself to doubt there. But it it's it's because the Lord will be with me, or if the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave him gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh for an inheritance. So he did receive his inheritance in his promise. Amen. Okay, so um. Okay, I think let's go to Mark 11, please. Mark 11. Mark 11. And this is, um, there's several different, um, Mark 11, 20, 23, 22. I like to start with 22 when I talk about the scripture. Mark 11, 22. Have faith in God. So that's going to make the difference in your confession whether your confession is a good one or whether it's an evil report, a good report or an evil report. Amen? And so, uh, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, so whatever mountain you're dealing with, if it's a mountain of lack of finances, if it's a mountain of sickness and disease, whatever mountain you're dealing with, amen, to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted to him. So we have to speak it out and we not doubt in our heart and it will be granted to him, amen. So a lot of times we prepare for failure. We prepare for failure because we're thinking failure already. Oh, that looks too big. That looks overwhelming. How could I ever, how can that mountain ever move? So we've already prepared ourselves for failure. So then what comes next? You speak the failure out. Or you go a different direction to try to handle the situation because we've already, already believed we're going to fail. And, and that's, that's probably a big part of everything. We already believe that, you know, um, there's some sicknesses and diseases. And um, sometimes when you hear that word, you automatically think, oh, man, that's a bad one. You know what I mean? See, and they, God's healing provided the, provided God's, de- uh, Jesus' death and burial and resurrection on the cross provided healing. Every sickness and disease. It doesn't matter if you have a headache or if you're dealing with um, leprosy. God, bore, Jesus bore it on the cross already, and that's where we need to. That's where we need to be with believing God. Amen. That's where we need to be. And if you're not in that place, then you know what you need to do. You need to start confessing, meditating on healing scriptures, build yourself up in that area, and put that word, put that word to work. You have a pain in your body, start speaking to it. 
Start speaking to the mountain to move. You know, that scripture verse right there, it says, um, and see, having faith in God means that we believe what God did in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so truly I say to whoever says to this mountain, that word says there means to keep on saying. Keep on saying. Keep on saying. Amen? Keep on saying. You speak to that mountain and tell it to move. Amen? Okay, because we have longer... Uh, I'm, Probably pick up. There's a lot of different things that we can. Well, we're going to go to one more. Yes, I will. Romans eight. Please. No, Romans ten. We're going to go to one more, and then we'll we'll close for the day because we we had a longer morning. Romans ten nine and ten. And we'll pick up some more of these um, maybe next week. Um, um, I'm going to have uh, while I'm closing here. Francis, see, Francis, would you want to come and hand these? Near confessions out to everybody. These are confessions you can do. Uh, and, and you'll see that it says, you are the son of God. I am the son of God. And, and, and all this will do is build you up in who you are in Christ. Amen. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For so long, I had that scripture verse. Um, that's the salvation scripture verse. That's how you can lead someone to the Lord. And you've probably heard me teach this before, but it was such a revelation to me. It, it's exactly a blueprint. Not only to get people born again, but if you've accepted Jesus as Lord because you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, how much easier is healing? Healing because you believe in your heart that Jesus died for you on the cross and brought healing. You confess it with your mouth and then you are healed. Amen? You're saved. You're delivered. See, that's what that means. But if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saved there encompasses healing, encompasses life, encompasses uh, uh, freedom from fear encompasses um, freedom from poverty, encompasses everything right there. All of that, all of that. So if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus died for you, and then you go on, and it says in Romans in 10, for with the heart man believes. I believe that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation, the word salvation, resulting in healing, resulting in deliverance, resulting in freedom from fear. So if I believe in my heart what God did in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I'm going to confess it with my mouth. I'm not only going to get saved, but I'm going to have abundant life. I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to be more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. See, this is, this is a survival. This is our survive, survival. This is our hotline. This is, this is what we're going to need to know. This is part of the new day that's coming. The church is going to walk in this new day. This is part of it, knowing who you are in Christ and walking in what you have been given. That's part of the new day coming, part of the new day. That's why God's making it so, so clear and plain and, and, and training you. You're all in training, training you to be able to... Um, preach the gospel, share salvation, and um, get people baptized in the Holy Spirit. How, how I, um, hmm. I, I don't want you to show your hands, but I, I just need to know 
how many of you feel, <laughs> that's kind of a backward way of doing it. How many of you feel, com- go ahead and show your hands. How many of you feel confident in leading someone to the Lord? Feel confident in leading someone to the Lord? Okay. How many of you feel confident in getting someone baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, those are some areas I think we're going to be working on because I, in listening to the, in listening to the word that Nathan gave in the message, that um, um, it's important that we know those things because you're all going to be busy. It's not just going to be me. <laughs> you're all going to be busy doing things for the Lord, getting people born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and speaking in tongues. Amen. Amen. You're all going to get them healed because it says right there that the in Mark 16, that that um, that's our job, each of our jobs. That's our job. If I wasn't pastor, that's still my job, to lay hands on the sick and they recover, to cast out devils, to preach the gospel, and to speak with new tongues. That's still my job, even if I wasn't pastor. I mean, that's everybody's job. Everybody that is born again, your job is to cast out devils. Everybody that's born again, your job is to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Everybody that's born again, your job, your job is to preach the gospel. Everybody, 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 everybody. Amen? Amen.